Okay. Yeah, we're legit now, Spotify and everything. Yes, Howdy, everyone. <laughs> Howdy, everyone. Welcome to another episode of It's Your Title Here. I have a very special guest with me today, uh, author of Mirror in the Attic. Would you like to introduce yourself, my guest? <laughs> yep. So my name's Jen Bernardini. I wrote Mirror in the Attic, and um, yeah, that's it. Uh, I also made a journal, Something Bad Happened. It's a horror journal, but I guess today we are going to talk about Mirror in the Attic. I hope some of you guys have read it, but I'll try not to be spoilery. <laughs> <laughs> it's always, isn't it always like, it does not have, like, having a baby kind of must feel like having a kid. Like, you just want to talk about him or her. <laughs> right. But they're like, I don't want to, like, I like to talk about it, but then I don't want to, like, ruin it for people that haven't read the whole thing or you know what I mean haven't read it at all yet yeah like that that experience I cannot I don't I don't want to go through it because I'm such a chatterbox I'm like yeah did you read this chapter with this person like you know it's like uh so I just want to ask you really quick how are you doing today um I'm all right I had you know just picked up my kids from school and there's children chaos always uh sam is 10 and he's in fifth grade and he's got a kid in his class who's like literally like off the wall violent and sam is telling me now he's getting scared so yeah yes i am that's always one of my biggest fears as as like well because when i was a kid i would get like physically i guess hurt is that the word by bullies Mm -hmm. so that always scares me thinking of kids going to like like it, it happens and it's so like I never told my mom. Obviously, I would have bruises and stuff, like injuries. But it's like that. I, t- I was like, oh, it's you know, playing too hard. But it's like, I have little sisters. I always wonder, like, I, being a parent must be really hard. I just can't imagine. Yeah, can't imagine that. It's <laughs> um, hard because this. So the, in this one case, this is not Sam being bullied. This is this kid has issues, and he is violent with the entire class. Like Sam came home last week and said in art, the kid, you know what a meter stick is? Mm-hmm. He took a meter stick and was hitting the other kids with it till it broke. He has, there's this one kid that he, he targets. And I guess he just went up to the kid and took his head and slammed it on his desk. Like this is yeah. like outrageous stuff. It's not like fifth grade, 10 year old stuff. That's psycho behavior. Mm-hmm. That's intense. Um, on a lighter note, hi chat, how are you guys today? I see um, JB, Lou, Rance, Jamie, hi. I think I already said Jamie, I said Jamie twice. Miss Nikki from, oh, 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 dark between pages, that's what's up. Yeah, I think struggling with bullies, yeah, because man, the school system has filled us all. Uh, so back to you. I want to ask you what made you want to become a writer? Like, what was that starting point for you? Um, like I said last time, trauma. Um, yeah, when I was a kid, I definitely had a really, really rough upbringing. And um, I have a younger brother and an older sister. So I'm the middle child. Um, but like, you know, so I was a kid in the 80s where we didn't have the rules that we have now. We were left home a lot by ourselves. And I used to make up this game called Storybook for me and my brother and we would, I would just make up stories and we would like act them out. So I think that's really, really where it came from was like a place of escape. And then I used to always write things, write stories, but I never really thought anything of it. And then about six or seven years ago, um, I got really sick. I got, I had a um, detached retina. 
So uh, I have a scleral buckle, which is basically a um, an elastic band to put around your eyeball. And I got really sick after that. And I thought I was going to die. I, JB, shh. I did right? first on fire. He didn't whisper loud either. <laughs> he whispered too loud. <laughs> yeah, basically, I got really sick after I had these surgeries. And I thought I was going to die. And when you think you're going to die, it kind of like changes your perspective on everything when you don't actually die. And a lot of what was stopping me from writing was that uh, I use a lot of my own experiences and I was kind of worried about what people would say. But then afterwards, when I didn't die, I was like, you know what? Who fucking cares? And it like completely, you know, I started to get better. I've never, I've never really gotten completely better from when I was sick, but I got to the point where I was just like, I don't fucking care. Am I going to die not doing something because I care, you know, what people say? Mm -hmm. So I guess that's, that's it. That's my story. <laughs> yeah. I think something positive came out of that, that experience because sometimes when things like go south, people just kind of dwell too much on the negative. So I'm glad you were able to find something good in that. Do you want to hear uh, the forest fire story? So JB will stop. Yeah. The forest fire. Okay. So my dad, when I was like, I don't know, six or seven. So this was, you know, early eighties. Uh, my dad was in the army. It was not, you know, a time of war or anything like that. So he worked in the armory and he used to steal stuff from the armory. And part of the things he used to steal were smoke bombs and flares and stuff like that. So there's this place where I live. It's called High Rock. It's just like forest, whatever. So we would go up there, me, my brother, my sister and my, my dad and then another family. And we would light off smoke bombs and we would walk through the smoke bombs as kids. So like our clothes would get stained, the colors, whatever. So one time we went up there with the smoke bombs and we lit off the smoke bombs and did our own stupid shit walking through it. But he also had these flares and he lit one off and it went into the trees and got stuck and started a fire. And we all just got in the car and left. <laughs> I love how you just like, they'll, they'll deal with it. We're good. <laughs> right, right, right. So did, we left. That was the end of the story. Did you ever figure out what happened with it? No, <laughs> nope. It literally could have destroyed the town, and you're like, I don't, I don't know. I didn't care yep. about it. Yeah, oops. No one died. We're fine. <laughs> um, so I want to talk a little bit about your, uh, yeah, definitely oops. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your writing space. Sure. I'm a big person in that as long as my general area is clean and neat and everything is in order, I can function and everything will get done. But what would we expect in your writing uh, writing space. So actually, what do you need in your writing space to stay focused? Well, I usually write at my desk. So I have a, I have like a little, you know, the little corner desks because I don't have the biggest area. So I have a little corner desk and that's it. Like I just have my computer on here. I got some pens and pencils and I got a case of markers and paint pens and that's it. Um, like usually, so I mean, that's it. I used to, before I had this little area, I would write wherever, kitchen table, on the couch. I was never one to, like, sit in the bed and do it, though. But mainly it is just, it just has to be clear. Like, I hate clutter. Like, my husband, I hope you're fucking watching his computer area, trash. It's just, it's clutter. And I can't, like, I can't move stuff. Like, it, it gives me anxiety to have to, like, rearrange. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, it's very distracting when you, like, want to focus on something and you can just see things, like, next to you. You're like, oh, my God, let me come up really quick. And it's just yeah. too distracting. It's going to be um, like, get out. Like, I need the area. Just the, yeah. It's not a huge area, but I just need the area clean. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, right. Just like that little, like, square. Like, if right. that little square is good, we're good to go. Exactly. Uh, 
Do you have a ready? Uh, ready? Do you have a favorite writing trope by any chance? Um, I don't think so. Um, I think a lot of the tropes are overdone. I don't. When I write something, anything, I don't really go into it thinking of like, what is this trope going to be, or what am I going to do? It just kind of comes out. So I don't really think I have a favorite of anything. Uh, Lou, Lou wants to ask you really quick. Uh, do you handwrite a lot or do you prefer to type? I do not handwrite anything because I'm a lazy motherfucker and I'm not going to retype it. That's basically <laughs> what it comes down to. I have a lot of pens and pencils and stuff on my desk because I do I draw and um, you know do stuff like that. But I take oh, notes please. sometimes. When I edit for other people, I have a notebook and even for myself. But like I cannot sit here and handwrite something out because I can guarantee you I will not go back and type it back in. Yeah, I feel like if like if the idea was so good, you would have typed it up the first time. I don't know. Is it just me? Like I'm always like that. Like oh, if it was so good, you would have typed it up. Exactly. Yeah. It's when it's just a fleeting thought. Um, do you consider yourself an avid reader by any chance? Um, yes, I've always always been. Uh, when I never really read kids' books when I was little. Uh, the first book I actually read was Tommy Knockers, and I used to hide it because I thought I would get in trouble. Obviously, my parents don't give a shit, you know, I would not have gotten in trouble, but I used to hide it. Um, but yeah, I've always read tons and tons of books because it was always like a way of escape for me. Um, so, I mean, now I don't like, you know, I don't use it as an escape from like my life anymore, but I, I do read quite a bit. And I like to read things that most people have not read. So I get pissed like when I go into Barnes and Noble and I'm like, hey, I want to find this book. And it's never fucking there. Never. Yeah. Barnes and Noble is very actually limiting. Like it's very like it's it's always like overhyped books, and it's like the same like once like you'll never find anything new. I remember when the when that Shadow of the Gods, the Shadow of the Gods, I believe, came out. Like nobody had it. I'm like I guess that it was popular. It's by John Gwynn, but like it was it was hard to find. And I'm like I thought you guys were Barnes and Noble. Get your life together, man. Really, um, they need hey, to Kevin. be some better. Like I don't know who it is that purchases the stuff. Like, you, I know this was going to be a popular release. You should have had a lot of copies available. But you know, they, they only ordered a limited amount. Uh, so speaking about books, do you, did you have any favorites growing up? or like? Um, when I was a kid, I was always really into Stephen King books. Um, Tommy Knockers was one. And uh, for kids books, though, I used to go to the library, and I don't know if you remember the Choose Your Own Adventure books. Mm, I, I used to just sit in the library and read those all day long. You know what I used to do? I used to uh, read them, and if I didn't like where we were going, I would go back. I would, <laughs> Make <laughs> a different choice. It didn't yep. happen, bitch. <laughs> also, when I was a kid, um, I was probably like, I don't know, seven, seven or eight. I used to go into the library, and I used to go to the adult section, and I would read. Don't ask me who the fuck allowed this, but I used to read V.C. Andrews. <laughs> Flowers in the Attic, when I was like eight years old. I don't know if you know what those books are about, but those are not child-appropriate books. <laughs> do you have any, do you know what Flowers in the Attic is about? No, it sounds very adult-like, if that makes any sense. Like, oh my God, it is. It's so, it's this book about this family where the husband dies and it's like two older siblings, a sister and a brother, and like two little ones. And the mother goes back to like the rich mother and they hide them in the attic. And there's like incest and like people and poisoning the kids. And I'm like... Like, as an adult, I'm like, dude, there's no way, like, a 10-year-old kid should have been reading that, but I read them. <laughs> I was unsupervised, so. <laughs> like, what were you going to do? Right. Unsupervised. Uh, uh, Kevin said, I had the horror of high. 
rich choose your adventure too yeah those are actually some of my favorite like things growing up like the choose your own adventure it's just like so cool because like it, it kind of like gave you freedom to choose the adventure but like i think i just missed um the goosebumps era what it, yeah it's... by the time goosebumps came out i was like i don't fucking read kid books anymore you missed out on a good time <laughs> I, I, I remember like being scared of the dummy like you know what you're talking about right because mm-hmm. it's a very popular it's one of the very popular ones from the series oh my god every time i would see a doll i'm like oh my god it's gonna come back like chucky wasn't scary to me no i no, no. like chucky i, I love like chucky and freddy krueger with the sense of humor that they have and like but it was that stupid dummy that had me really fucked up <laughs> <laughs> yeah jb you're understanding jen a little bit more See, this is what happens when you are unsupervised in the 80s. You run wild. Yeah, like you, you live it up. What else would you do, you know? Uh, so I want to ask you a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Um, what's, one, what's that one thing that people would like not know about you, but you don't mind sharing with us right now? One thing that most people don't realize now is... So about th- no, five years ago, before I got sick, um, I lost 100 pounds. I used to be 100 pounds heavier than I am now. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. You 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 look like, see, because look, I lost weight and then I made me get that double chin. But you look skinny. Like, really good. How did you do it? I, it just going to the gym uh, and eating better. I oh. had both my kids. It wasn't so this, a lot of people think that I gained a lot of weight when I got pregnant, but I didn't because for whatever reason, when I got pregnant, I lost weight, but then whatever. Um, so I weighed about 240 pounds and I just started going to the gym and eating better. I cut out like, I was a lot stricter then than I am now. Cause now that, you know, I got sick afterwards and I'm like, whatever. But, um, yeah, it took me three years to lose a hundred pounds. So it's not like I did it like drastically. Mm-hmm. Um, and even still, I'll go to the doctor and they will ask me like, when did you have weight loss surgery? And I'm like, I fucking didn't like, it's possible, you know, really, I mean? right? It's possible doing it like, like the, the right way, you know, through the gym and stuff. I don't feel like I feel like that shortcut of like doing the weight loss surgery. I think it's such a, uh, such a waste of time because people like you gain it right back if you, if you do it. Uh, yeah, gym t- beats tapeworms. That's for sure. Sure does. <laughs> yeah, period on that. <laughs> um. So I want to ask you about superpowers. I'm, I'm super nosy and I've always want to know what people want to like pick on this one. That's why I always keep it on here. If you can have any superpower, what superpower would it be? Invincibility. Oh, shit. Because I think there's a lot that comes along with invincibility. Not only are you yeah. not going to get hurt, but I would think that if you were invincible, you wouldn't get sick either. Hmm. Well, that's actually think outside of the box. I didn't think about that. Yeah, because you can't get any illness. You can live for a long time then. Right. Oh, shit. Okay. And I can use my powers for evil or for good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the best part, too. We're like, am I going to be good? Or am I going to be? It's like, it's up to you guys. It's up to the day. <laughs> you guys want exactly. me to fuck shit up or not? <laughs> me? <laughs> that would be me. Um, so this next question is very important. It's a little bit about your writing. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like it's most important to A, have strong characters, B, mind-blowing plot twists, or C, epic settings? What to you is the most important? characters i think if your characters blow it doesn't matter if you have the best world building the best setting the best plot twist because if nobody gives a shit about your characters 
what are the chances that they're even going to finish your book? Um, but if you have really good characters, they can carry a mediocre plot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it all comes down to characters. If your characters are poorly written or un- I don't want to say unlikable because I write unlikable characters uh, on purpose all the time. Um, but like there has to be some kind of like investment in them for anyone to want to continue reading. And if you don't have that, I don't care what else you have in that story. No one's going to finish it. Exactly. I always say that. I'm always like, if the if I feel some sort of emotional connection, I don't give a fuck what's happening around them. Like, exactly. I yep. will like, I will go on this ride with them. So I'm right? glad on the same page. Love that. Um, as an author, what's the hardest part about the writing process? I think the hardest part is thinking that your shit doesn't suck. Um, every time you write anything, you think it sucks. Like, I don't care who you are. Well, most people, I, I think everything sucks. And like when I wrote Mirror in the Attic and I was self-publishing. So I think a lot of where my ideas that I suck come from, come from trying to get traditionally published for five years beforehand because... I tried to get Mirror in the Attic traditionally published and I was told that it was too gross, it was too gruesome, and it was too violent and that nobody would ever want to read it. So this coming from professionals, you're like, is it really? Is it really bad? You know what I mean? And the book that I'm working on now, I was told by someone, an agent, that it has unrelatable characters. No one's going to want to read it. So I think like those kind of things kind of stick with you. So when you write something, you're like, this isn't great. This isn't even good. And when I decided I was going to self-publish, um, I really only thought that I would have like the only copy and it would be on my bookshelf. And that was enough for me. I didn't think anybody would want to read it. And then people like it. Like it's got pretty good reviews. But then now that I'm re- you know, writing the second book and I'm like, there's no way people are going to like this as much as they like the first book I wrote. They're two completely different stories. But like, I think always in my head, it's, it's like, who's going to like this? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I um. Uh, I was I wasn't gonna dive into this part, this little question, but um, or this comment. Uh, you're also working on this anthology series, right? Or this on this collection. Yeah, it's a little bit like on the low right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's on standby, and I'm one of the people who is gonna try to um, produce a short story and, and submit it to see if it it sticks. And I I've never understood what authors meant with imposter syndrome. But like half of the time, I'm like, what am I doing here? I feel like a, a dog in like amongst a like a field of cows, you know, like, you're like, what yep. is it? Like, who is this? Like, what am I doing here? Like, do I even belong? So I, 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 I'm starting to kind of understand it where you like after writing it, I think it's okay what I have with the first draft. I think the first draft's okay. But I'm like, why would I submit this when there's other people who are more qualified? So it's, it's, it's crazy. It goes the other way, too, because I've read so many things that even traditionally published, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, I know, like, I might not be the best writer in the universe, but I know that I can do better than this. So I think it's really discouraging on both ends when you're, like, reading things that are not good, and you know your stuff is better than that, but, like, is it just in your head? Are you the only one that knows that? You know what I mean? Yeah, I I saw... um... It's such a, I think, and maybe it's everything when it comes to being a creative person, I feel like anything you put out into the world, you're always doubting it, which is, it sucks because that's the, it takes a little bit of the enjoyment out of it, which I, I don't know. I haven't got over it yet. I'm always thinking like, what am I doing? 
Am I am I legit? I think it's it might be like a blessing in disguise kind of thing because if you always thought everything was good, would you put in more effort to make it better? Mm, yeah, I can. Yeah, I, I can see what you mean. This I think this happened to me during uh, David's interview, where like his was like super edited, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna just put it out with me chopping things up, and then when I saw it, I was like, man, I could put like a bunch of edits on it, and it, it actually went pretty great. Uh, so I want to ask you a little bit about what's your favorite hat? And I don't mean like hats. I mean, like, what do you, actually, it's a bun. Um, <laughs> do you prefer being an author or an editor? What's your favorite hat to put on? If I had to choose only one, it would probably be author, but I do like editing. And I like when my stuff is being edited and I get to go through things. Um, because to me, writing it is one thing it's kind of like you throw it up and get it out of your system. But then when you have, you're at the point of editing it and you have someone else reading it and you're going back through what they say, it's, it's easier to, to notice things that need to be fixed. But I also do like editing for other people because I feel like even with myself, there's a lot of things that I don't, it's like when, when you're writing your own stuff, you kind of have like these blinders on because you know exactly what it is that you want to say. But if you read it, someone else read it they don't know that so when I get to do that for another person to me that's enjoyable I mean I also like to be the first person to read people's stuff um yeah. I also like to edit for people continuously like I like to be able to see like where well, you came from and how it's progressing you know what I mean yeah I mean, sometimes there's it's no fun at all but you know <laughs> I, the majority of my editing experiences are enjoyable. There are a couple where I just want to smack people, but mostly it's enjoyable. If I had to choose one, though, it would definitely be writing, not editing. Okay. I always wonder, like, so So you're saying, like, you love to stick, like, collaborate with the same people? Right. I mean, I have done things for, you know, like, one-offs with people here and there. Um, I find that people who are willing to stick with me are people who are more easy to work with kind of mm. here's an example um i don't know if you saw on my twitter i think it was like last week somebody was like losing their mind because i didn't um email them back at like 11 30 oh, at night it's fucking girl yeah. okay she... <laughs> let her have it rip her open you one she called she uh she's in okay so i'm part of the horror writers association right so mm -hmm. she asked me if i will edit something for her so i said okay now what i usually charge is one dollar per double space page which is if anybody will tell you that is like nothing right editing can cost thousands so she said okay well can you do 50 pages so i said fine she sends me her stuff i have it done within two days and i tell her it's done she is telling me she's having a hard time paying me. Fine, whatever. Take your time. I don't care, right? She messages me one night. It's 11 fucking 40 at night, right? And I'm sleeping, okay? I got children. I get up at 6 o'clock in the morning. I wake up to, like, six emails from her telling me, who do you think you are? I know you're a scam. I'm going to ruin your life. You better have my edits for me. And I was like, what the fuck? She's like, I sent the money. I'm going to have to, um, you know, get a refund. Like, all this shit. And I was like, oh, my God. So I emailed her back. And I'm like, listen, I sent your thing back to you before 6 o'clock. You don't need to behave like this. Don't ever contact me for edits again. I was like, like who the fuck behave? Like, Fucking psycho. That's. I don't care who you are. I'm not going to email you back at 1130 because chances are yeah. I'm not awake. 
No, yeah, I have that too. Like the bad, like it's it's a bad habit to like always message people like super late, but not ex- not wanting a response at that time. It's just like, right. like, like I know that I'll be asleep by the time they're awake, but I'll be up for this. So I'm like, here, here's the, here's the link for the stream. Here are the questions. Like, have them. Like, it's up to you. You know, figure it out for a little bit, and then I'll see you when we get there. You know, uh, live long and prosper. Uh, you but... can email me, message me, text me all hours. I don't care. I put my phone on do not disturb when I go to bed. I will see it in the morning. Yeah, it's it's like it's not hard. I, I do the same thing. Uh, ting. Why do I keep saying ting? Every time that I'm like half asleep, I say ting. I think I'm like, well, what is, I don't know where that comes from, but I'm over here thinking, thinking I'm it. Um, so. I want, I'm, a, I'm like, a, I'm a big music person and I always, I'm always in the, like, picking certain songs to be like my theme song for like the month. Like this month, I'm making a playlist of like songs that best describe me or like songs that like make me happy. Um, but so for this period in time, what would be your theme song? I would have to say I Want to Break Free by Queen. Do you know that one? I like Queen. Yeah. Listen, I like Queen to the point where I'm getting fucking pissed that I keep seeing this Queen family special and it's not Freddie Mercury. It's that fucking guy. I don't remember what his name was that they replaced uh, him with. I'm like, that is, is it, not Queen. Uh, is it the Adam Lambert guy? Yes. Yeah. yeah it was weird. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like, call yourself something else. And my husband's like, yeah, but the band is Queen. I'm like, yeah, but Freddie Mercury was Queen. Yeah. I think it's uh when I when I they first started it was queen with adam lambert but now yeah. they, they just hit the with off because like oh he's part of it now dude i think um, freddie mercury has such a distinctive voice that you cannot just replace him and then just hearing, be like it's the same it's not i remember watching well not hearing watching the movie and I, for <laughs> i'm such a dumbass i'm always thinking like this is how stupid i am jen like uh, the selena movie i thought that was selena <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's J-Lo. I was like, oh my gosh, she's up. Like, the whole time, I remember when I was a little kid, I was telling them, I was like, she's still alive. Like, I saw her in Anaconda. Like, that's, Selena's still alive. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so stupid. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, exactly I wanna, queen light. I want to play uh, Rapid Fire really quick with you. Uh, so, Chad, if you guys have any questions, feel free to uh, trick Lena, sprinkle them around, and uh, as soon as I see them, I'll ask them. Um the guy who played Borat turned down Freddie Sasha, Mercury Co- Sasha Baron Cohen or something like that, right? I think his wife is I- I- Isla Fisher. She's so beautiful. Um, so yeah, I want to play rapid fire questions with you really quick. And it's okay. obviously rapid fire. It's really quick. All right. So, sorry. so first question, music or silence? Silence. Ebook or physical? Physical. Plotter or pantser? Pantser. Coffee or tea? Both. Oh, okay. Uh, cliffhanger or told all? Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Okay, nice. What? Wait, wait, what? <laughs> okay, so I don't think every single thing needs to be explained at all times. I don't mean cliffhanger like, let's just like cut it off and you don't know what the hell's going on. If I'm yeah. writing a single book, obviously, there's going to be some kind of conclusion. However, I don't think it's necessary to 100% explain to the reader what happened? If I have to hold your hand through the book, maybe I shouldn't be reading it. Yeah. Okay. See, now that that's like a like a different kind of cliffhanger than I was yeah. imagining. I'm. I, but yeah, I I actually don't like when people explain to me the ending. You know what I mean? Like I like to be able to draw my own conclusion. Right. But I'm I'm in like cliffhanger as in like 
it just stops. You're like, what the fuck? But I, for some reason, I thought you, you said told all. Then my brain registered. You said cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Why'd you, why'd you think of that? Uh, JB wanted to ask you, when is We All Fall Down coming out? As soon as uh, I can. I'm probably, I'm hoping for the end of December, maybe beginning of January. Um, uh, Wayne is reading it for me again. And then after that, hopefully it will be not too much more work that needs to be done to it. I think, I really think that it is really, really close. I have the cover and all of that stuff already. But yeah, I'm hoping by the end of the year. Um, so speaking of your books, I want to talk about Mirror in the Attic, uh, because that's what I'm currently reading. That's my, um, what is it? CR currently read, currently read. I forgot it's called. I forgot the acronym. Uh, how did you, uh, come up with the, with the title or how many titles did you go through before choosing one, this one? That was it. Oh, shit. Okay. Was that from the beginning? Yep. Because oh. Mirror in the Attic actually was based on a dream that I had one night and then I just could not get it out of my head. And that's, that's how it came out. Because I'm always, like, wondering, like, when, whenever I do anything, I'm always, like, I have a ton of titles, a ton of, like, things, a ton of, like, ideas. But it's never any of those towards the end. It's, those are just, like, placeholders. So, uh, and if, if you have to, like, name a book something, I feel like sticking to it from the beginning, that, that takes a lot of dedication, like, a lot of love for that single title. <laughs> yes yes it is autobiographical <laughs> so evil um so i want to ask you about your um the creative process did right. you pick up any new skills during the creation of mirror in the attic like writing skills or like anything yes like writing right. skills. Um, like, did you learn anything about yourself um uh, i actually wrote mirror in the attic in 2017 so this is not something that i wrote recently and i tried to get it published and it, it wouldn't and then i put it away and i wrote other things and i tried to get them published and it, it didn't happen um i think what i've learned through the process of publishing it is that uh self-publishing is the way to go at least mm -hmm. for me it was very very stressful to take the whole process of traditionally publishing which i don't know if you know what the process is but you have to write a query letter um you have to do a synopsis which is basically like a line by line uh, you know what it happens in your book and it's very very stressful and then you send it out to all these people and you get back these form rejections i mean i've gotten rejections that were just like uh no like that's it and it's like what the fuck you know what i mean and it's made me realize how subjective it is. And what you're hoping for is that one person that gets your book likes it. Like likes what it is that you're writing specifically. Not what's popular right now, not what's selling right now, but that is that. And I, what I've come to realize with this whole process is that I have lived an unrelatable life. And a lot of my characters are based on things that I thought were normal not obviously getting kidnapped and shit like that, but like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? The characters and stuff like that are, are people in my real life. And I've realized that not a lot of other people have had these, I guess, life experiences that I have. So it's kind of hard for me to think like I'm writing a relatable character or I'm writing a character that other people are going to want to read about. Yeah, it's, uh, it kind of reminds me of like growing up, I would move a lot. And to me, that like that was normal. Like, oh, I thought like you lived in one place for a period of time, and then you would move, and then you would, you know, like back and forth like a couple of times. But like people in the same house since like 
way, way before. Uh, was it different going into uh, uh, We All Fall Down compared to Mirror in the Attic? Was it a lot easier now like you kind of already done it before? Um, yes and no. Also, uh, We All Fall Down I wrote before the pandemic. So even though uh, it is kind of about a super virus, um, it completely coincidental. And what happened with that one was I wrote it and then the pandemic hit as I was querying agents and I thought it was insensitive of me to actually be trying to get a book out during a pandemic that was about a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, so I put that away for a long time too. But then once I put out mirror in the attic, I was like, Hey, well, what else? Like I got other stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think the only difference, one of the main differences is that a lot of the characters and I think I think personally that We All Fall Down is more character driven than Mirror in the Attic was. Like, I really like the characters that I wrote, which is why when I had an agent ask for the entire thing and I sent it and they read it and they said my characters were unlikable, that no one's going to want to read it. That's why kind of one of the reasons I put it away and I was like, this is not going to work. Um, but it's one of the reasons too now that I'm like, there's no reason that I should be not putting this stuff out because one person lives this like rich white lady life and doesn't know these kind of people because my main characters are a single mother an ex-con and a drug dealer that's yeah that's that's not their experience yeah exactly <laughs> i um so you, you can pick either book you can pick mirror in the attic or um the awful, uh, we all fall down for this one. Okay. If you can describe it in three words, which one would it be? You can pick your either book. All right. So does it have to be like a three word sentence or can they be three random words? It's three random words. Okay. <laughs> yeah. well, for, okay so for Mirror in the Attic, I would say um, scary, sad, and hopeful. And the only reason why I put hopeful in there is because I know you haven't got there. I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> Only 25% in. Mm -hmm. I know. So I'm not going to say it. But I, one of the things that I've gotten from Mirror in the Attic, which is I did not know would come, you know, if it would come across properly, is the way that I wrote the bad guy. That's all I'm going to mm -hmm. say. Yeah. Uh, what I've read so far. I, I remember reading the main so without spoiling anything the main character in the beginning uh i didn't get her i was like what is what is she doing why is she talking back to her parents but then the way her parents would like talk to her or like be i'm like that's some really messed up like shit that like, is my life like those parts where <laughs> she's with her family those are actual things that happen in my real life the brother tony that's my fucking brother those things that have happened those are the things that really happened in my life Jesus, uh, that's so sad. Like, oh, uh, that's so sad. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a. We were talking about this before going on live. That after like reading a little bit more and like diving in, um, I, I I don't know if anybody else does this, but like, so this character, she's in a really shitty situation with her family. Uh, she ends up getting kidnapped, and my thought process going into that was like, oh, at least she's not with like this shitty family situation but then i'm like wait she got kidnapped like how is that better yeah uh, yeah we were talking about how like it reminded me a little bit about like midsummer where if you guys seen the movie 
at the end, like all this shit happens, but it's like it went from a, one shitty situation to another sh- shitty situation. But you ask like the reader or the viewer, you're like, well, at least she's alive. At least she's good. But it's like, I don't. I, it's it's fucked up. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but it had me fucked up. <laughs> um, Those so, conversations between like the parents and her and the brother, those are actual conversations that I've had in real life. You know what? And I kind of got a hint at that. I was like, I'm, I was hoping you wouldn't say that because I was like, it's so like, ooh, you guys got you guys got to read Mirror in the Attic. It's like really fucked up. Like, I, it's if you if you were to gain sympathy for any main character, it would be her. Like, <laughs> I was like, I wish, I wish, I wish my parents would be like that so I can say something. But my parents are like not like that at all. Um, but you can still relate to her, like as a as like. A teenager, obviously, like, you would want to, like, talk back to your parents. Like, who who didn't talk back to their parents as a teenager? Um, but for, so this next question, as again, it can be for either book, whichever one you want to, like, put out there. So the scenario is that I bump into you in an elevator. I see that you have this one book with you, which is your book. Uh, how would you describe this book to new readers to get them to read it? All right, well, since I did Mirror in the Attic, we'll do We All Fall Down. So We All Fall Down, I would tell you, We All Fall Down is a post-apocalyptic story. However, there is a very, very large twist in there, which JB keeps trying to guess and guesses wrong every time. Fucking um, <laughs> JB. Right, but it's basically a story about a virus, a super virus that comes and kind of destroys the society. But the way that it's written, you are going to be following different characters from regular people to the president of the United States. And I think the reason I think people would like it is because it is more character driven and you're going to get to know these people. And hopefully when you get to the the last book, it's going to be a giant shock at the end. JB will never guess it. I'm ready for it. JB like brings it up a lot. Like when we play Fortnite, he talks about it sometimes. Um, And I love that he always like keeps us updated. (laughs) yeah, uh, he said, "Is it hard for writers to know if a character is relatable?" I legit have no clue. Only hope while writing my books. It's you hard know? for me because obviously, I write characters based on my experiences, and my experiences are not relatable. Because the thing is, okay, I've been through some like seriously like fucked up shit, but now as an adult, I think it's funny. So I'll say things, and I think it's funny, and people are like, "Oh my god!" Trust me, I'm the same way. Like when I was a kid, my brother would like beat me up like the shit i mean, was like bro i remember like my brother like would i would argue and he would just like hit my fucking head against the wall like, <laughs> you're like that is so messed up yeah i had the worst brother but you know i guess i love him um i want to uh ask you this because you brought it up a little bit how much do you allow yourself to put of yourself in your books or do you feel like that's too personal like is there is do you draw the line anywhere I don't draw the line anywhere. <laughs> um, I seriously, like, no, like, no joke. I, I do not hide anything. I, um, I will talk about anything, uh, which maybe is not always the best thing. But um, yeah, I put myself in characters a lot. Uh, I think a lot more in Abby and Mirror in the Attic. Um, definitely more in that. Um, but like with. <sighs> Like, okay, so when we all fall down, there is a female character and she is a single mother and whatever. But I think less of me is in that 
there are other people that are in it in pieces, but I think more of me is in Mirror in the Attic. And I don't know if that's because I wrote it first and like got it out of my system. You know what I mean? Did you find it therapeutic by any chance? Or was this like a hard thing to let go once you put it out into the world? No. Um. Okay. So I didn't find it either like a good thing or a bad thing. I found it to be more genuine uh, to be able to put in like real life things or how I felt. I feel like if you're going to hide things or not make things genuine, people are going to know. Um, and yeah. if you have to stretch to make some kind of experience seem genuine, then maybe that shouldn't be in there. There's plenty of things that I can't write about because I've never experienced them like a happy family. Um, I'm just joking. Um <laughs> <laughs> should be a comedian <laughs> right but yeah I just think it's it, it makes things more genuine but when I okay so when I write I don't read anything over okay I just go and like I will not reread a draft until it's 100% done because then I will start second guessing things and I will start taking things out um, and I end up overwriting a lot and I end up having to take out a lot of stuff but that's for me the only way I can determine what belongs in there and what doesn't mm -hmm. and like i'm not afraid of offending people and i'm not afraid of people so, there's a lot of people that know me that have read my book mirror in the attic and if you know me you're gonna know that like the family is my family and all that stuff like that my sister read it and the question i get a lot with that book in particular because the mothers in my books the shitty mothers they're always based on my mothers and the fathers are always like the shitty parents are always based on my parents when my sister read the book, she was like, oh, my God, like that mom did that. Like she knew exactly what was real and what wasn't. And I get a lot of questions about what does your mom say? What does your mom think? Uh, you know, how are you going to feel when you're... the thing is, my mom will never read my books because she's an asshole. So she can fucking say or think like, I don't really care. She'll never read them. And if she did, you know what I always say? If you don't want me to treat you like an asshole, don't act like an asshole. Uh, you, you gotta start treating people how they treat you exactly yeah i think too many people get away with things and it's like my guy exactly uh uh so like i'm one of those per like one of those people who when i put out something into the world and it's like so much of me and when people start like ripping it apart i feel like it's a, like a personal attack on me which i know you shouldn't take it as that but did you ever for any moment feel like that when it came with mirror in the attic no, I have not gotten a bad review yet, and I'm waiting. I want them, and I haven't gotten them. <laughs> but it's like, it's, I'm telling you, I'm like 25% in, and it's good. Like, what do you want me to say? It's not <laughs> I good. Fucking I fucking hate this. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, like, that, I, I haven't I'm gotten like, a bad review. I'm super honest when it comes to like reviewing people's books. I know, like, people will be like, oh, no, you're just not being it. No, if a book is a good, I'm, I don't want to be like, I'm going to find something wrong so I can kind of like make it look honest. Like if I, like I don't get five stars, like to be honest, I don't get five stars because those to me don't seem like that genuine. Like, like you're telling me this book is perfect. Right. Like four, four or four and a half stars to me is like beautiful. It's like, I, I will talk about this book forever. You can ask my friends. I'm always like certain books. I don't shut the hell up about. I'm like, you need to pick it up. Um, the most I've gotten, so I used to take my books and um, I go to a farm market in the summer and the most, and the farm market was in between two fucking churches. So I would get shit from people that are like, yeah. why do you write this stuff? Why do you know what I mean? And it's like, like I had one lady who would not buy my book because I wouldn't tell her the fucking ending. Then don't buy it. Like I will be the first person to yeah. be like, don't buy it. 
Reli- religious people scare me. Not, like, not in like, oh, I'm scared, but like, it's so weird. I'm sorry, guys. If you're religious, I am so sorry. That is not me. Apologize for you. No, yeah. Um, I was talking to JB about this. Like, when it comes to writing the short story that you're, uh, that anthology you're mm-hmm. working on, uh, and there's this one story that I really love. Like, I really love this story. It's it's inspired by uh, Jennifer's body and, um, oh, it's funny, you're Jennifer, that's your name. Not your body necessarily, but the yes. movie Jennifer's body. Oh, <laughs> that's so stupid. I can't believe I just caught that. It is the dumbest um, reason to not buy a book, but. Yeah, someone doesn't tell you the ending. Have you seen Jennifer's body by any chance? I have. I do like that one. I love that one. You know, when I was a kid, I. Uh, you know how it was marketed like for boys? Mm-hmm. It was very sexualized. I didn't go watch it because of that reason. I liked it because of like the whole like, like, blood and like the killing. And I remember seeing it in two thousand and nine, like buying the DVD, and thinking like this isn't what I expected it to be. And then I was like, I don't think my classmates, like my my buddies, would like it. I was like, I just liked like the whole killing thing, um, and like I am so happy that like now, it's like getting a cult following because it's a good movie i just hate yeah. like that people treat megan fox like a piece of meat i'm like she's a fucking human being like right like, she's a little is... bit weird now with what machine gun kelly oh, <laughs> i didn't see that coming but you know what i'm just happy to see her like out mm-hmm. and about again um but yeah i have this great story that i really wanted to submit um but there's so much of me in it that i'm like there's aspects of the story that i it's like so real that I don't know if I'm ready to share that with people. I think that you need to keep in mind that a lot of people are not going to know what those real things are. Only you, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, it's like really, well, I I told JB already, JB already knows. It's like a very dark thing. And I was, cause it's a really, I I really like this story. It's, it's a revenge story. Obviously it's a, like I said, it's inspired by Jennifer's body, but it's also inspired by, um, like psycho Mm -hmm. because i my biggest like like my favorite thing in the world is like a false protagonist or like a like someone you expect to be like the good person and like end up not being a good person like stuff like that like i want people to not know what's going on like I, i want you to know what's going on but i don't want you to know who to trust like i want you like towards the end to kind of like look at everything and be like uh okay I got you. I, but so I have a next, the next question. It's kind of a, like a big question and it's, it's a, it's a different answer for everybody, but to you, what does success mean to you? I think success is just the ability to do whatever it is that you want to do. I mean, I think it's a bonus when people buy your books and it's a bonus that people like it. But I think for me, it's just a success to like be able to pick up the book and be like, I did this. And it will always be there now. You know what I mean? I could die tomorrow and that book is still going to be there. I mean, I have no, you know, idea what's going to happen. And I don't know if anybody else will ever read the other books or like them or whatever the case may be. But to me, just the fact that it's out there and in that people like it, to me, that's that's enough. Isn't that beautiful? Like you're forever immortalized in a piece of work. Like nobody can take that away from you. Like. It, it it's gonna live like it's gonna live like past us like we're we're gonna be long gone and it's still gonna be here that's so cool i think so many people just work 
like shitty jobs. Do you know what I mean? And they want to do yeah. something else and they never do it because maybe it's not going to work out. And just the fact that you did it to me, that that's enough. Yeah. Like, Oh, sorry. I was like reading Maza. Maza. Cause Oh yeah. So I'm going to spend Thanksgiving with Maza in Washington. It's going to be like in 12, I'll say in 20 days, my guy. Uh, he says that I'm coming to his house. Right, am I a fake protagonist? Should I not trust you? Yeah, don't. Never, yeah. never trust him. Never, never trust me. Like I'm, I'm up to no good to be honest. With you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Halloween just like came and went. Sadly, uh, is there any like spooky movie that gets you in the holiday spirit? Not big on the holidays. Any holidays? I hate Christmas. Um, but we're not talking about Christmas. <laughs> yeah, Halloween. I don't know. If we're gonna talk about Halloween. Hmm stop dog um i don't know like i i don't really like the new horror movies that came out i watched mm. um what was it halloween kills oh that was not a good one we watched that as a movie night with jb and maza and i was like first of all are they stormtroopers or something because nobody can aim right and then like they had this stupid phrase the whole time like everybody and their mom said it evil dice tonight clearly it didn't what bothered me the most was at the end they're trying to make the michael myers myth like freddie when they're saying oh oh people just have to believe in him and then he'll come back that's not that no he's a human being he's not Mm -hmm. (sighs) okay so i really like freddie but freddy krueger is a dream demon that's how he keeps coming back to life from mm-hmm. the fucking beginning, not a man, you know, running around. And you can't change that after 15 movies. <laughs> Look at JB. <laughs> Did you notice the lady? <laughs> Nine. She's like, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> you just write that shit out of him? Yeah. Um, the only good thing about that movie was, uh, what was his name? Anthony Michael Hall was in it. He hasn't been in anything in a while. Yeah. The Breakfast Club, I think, was, it took me a long time. The 80s. Yeah, take a long time. Yeah, Louis, stay away from it. It's not worth it. It's not worth we it. Were, we, we saw it as a movie night kind of thing, and I was super excited because you can like in the states, there's this like streaming site that it was exclusive to it, so you'd have to go to the theaters, right? It's Peacock, and oh my! I watch on HBO. HBO Max, it's on. It's on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. We saw it on, um, yeah, Classic Point. Yeah, it's it was in it. She's gonna press the shirt. <laughs> Fucking JV, you're too much, bro. Yeah. Um, before I list the questions, here it is. Um, so this is obviously a book to channel. Uh, I wanted to ask you: Is there any books that sparked joy for you that just like made you fall in love with reading? Um, there's a few books that I like, especially like so. I like Stephen King, but like I think one of my favorite books is A Talisman. I don't know if you've read that one with Peter Straub. Mm-hmm. I read that one multiple times and I got the audiobook when audiobooks were only on CDs and he was in Weird Science. Um, Catch 22 is another one of those books. Uh, I really, really like that one. The Grapes of Wrath. I think that's about it. Uh, it's funny. Uh, I asked this librarian one time for a recommendation. She's like, oh, you should read Pride and Prejudice. And I'm like, what is it about? She goes, it's about having too much pride and too much prejudice. I was like, what? <laughs> Like, sometimes those classics are hard to read. They're hard to get through. But, like, I don't know. I really like The Grapes of Wrath. Um, And I really liked uh, Catch-22, though I do understand why people don't want to read them all the time. Mm -hmm. Dude, JB, don't get me started. 
Is he messaging you? JB, she's knocking my pills. Listen, George R. R. Martin can suck it. I I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, Jamie. He, he's always on, just like picking at you. <laughs> no, he knows because we've had this talk before. Like, so I read all the Game of Thrones books, and then this fucker takes 17 years to put out the next book. He can suck it. Like, I am not reading any more of his books. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so I want to talk about author chatter. You, you, it's a mm-hmm. podcast, visual podcast. You started with JB. Um, it's, I think the origin of that one is very similar to this one where it's like it just started off as a talking with your friend and then it just kind of like snowballs into something new. Um, and you guys, do you guys have an episode tomorrow? Yes. Okay. Uh, I know you guys are currently reading uh, His Ragged Company by Rance at the moment. Do you, when's the final episode for that one? Um, when we finish. <laughs> so not yet, guys. <laughs> yes, I have about... <sighs> 50 or 60 pages left. I don't know how much JB has. Um, but we're near in the end. It's a good book. I had to delete delete my um my count for it for on uh, Goodreads because the audiobook is coming out soon. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, the audiobook, I believe it comes out in December. This uh, December maybe? I'm not sure. Um and I'm those like kind of like I'm those kind of readers who Loves to have like that instant gratification once you're done, you, you press done. Yep. So, so I want to listen to the audiobook and have that experience again. Because if I see it there, I'm like, I'm not gonna get, like I don't get the I don't get the little golden star at the end of the trip. Yeah. Um, uh, JB says he has 80 or so, so very close. JB, you yeah, need to speed JB's your a slow up freaking reader. He, he's a slow reader. He's a, maybe he was on Fortnite. Take some time off of Fortnite. <laughs> Hey, Michael. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we're about to wrap it up here in a little bit. Uh, but I want—I do want to talk about the covers uh, really quick before I let you go. Uh, who designed the covers? I should have asked you this earlier. Who designed the covers Max. for... Um... Yeah, all of my stuff, all of my covers have been from Max. I'll show you. Max Stark. So he did this as the horror journal. Uh, there we go. And Mirror in the Attic. Mirror in the Attic is a wraparound one, so it does go all the way to the back. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> yeah, I just saw that. Yeah, and the next one, We All Fall Down, um, I have that cover as well. I don't think I have anything in here to show it. But yeah, he did that one for me too. And he is currently working on uh, the the next one too. So Max Stark does all of mine. He is on, I think he's on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. He's on all of it. But yeah, he does really, really good work. And I definitely think Max is very underrated. Um, And the thing is, is like, I could very well do what everybody else does and take stock images and make a um, a cover. And it would be fine. And I think the majority of people wouldn't realize that. However, I was cleaning out my bookshelves the other day and I went to my husband. I said, look at this is exactly why I pay for this. I pulled out two different books by two different authors and they had the same cover. So I was like, yep. I said, this is this is exactly why I pay for it. I think if you're going to pay for anything, pay for a good cover. Um, yeah. Because that's the first thing people see. Mm-hmm. And like, like Joshua Mercilla, have you seen that his cover has like that bone, that piece of bone? Mm-hmm. And it's like very like zombie flesh-like with the little rat on the top. It has not even out yet, and everybody's hyped about it because just the cover is amazing. Yeah, Max is great, and he always like so. 
I'm very, like, very, very laid back, very easygoing. And I will just be like, listen, I got a book. This is what it's about. That's it. And then he'll he'll come up with something and then he'll show me and then like we do like, you know, the video chats and whatever. And I will say like, okay, I don't like that or this doesn't, you know, go here or whatever. And then that, that that's it. He fixes whatever I ask him to fix. So. And he did uh, JB's as well, right? I think he did. I think he did. Or a version of it. Yeah, Vic, I think that's where I've heard his name before. Uh, thank you, Michael. Yeah, I mean, I did get some weird reaction to it, but I did, did, did enjoy making it. Uh, yeah, cool artwork. I know that's that's one of the things I liked about your book, the, the cover. And now the wraparound, that shit scared me a little bit. I was like, what the fuck? Do <laughs> you not creepy? have a physical copy? No, I have, have a, an ebook. I, I know that Mazza has a... Ooh, my fingers are on the screen. Mazza <laughs> has a, uh, a physical one because he won it on that giveaway for the panel. Oh, yep. Yeah, so he has a physical copy. I have the ebook. That's what I got. Because I think at that time, I was an ebook reader, like a really big mm. book reader. And I and I got the ebook. But Oh, audiobook. Shit, I wanted to ask you about that. That's the one question I didn't write down. Are we getting an audiobook? Yes. Anytime soon? So, okay. Oh, okay. Here's the deal with the audiobook. So, I've been doing the audiobook. Well, I haven't been doing it, but it's been in, in production since August. Um, I have somebody that is doing it, narrating it for me, but he had some kind of family issues. So, he is telling me that he will probably have it done mid to end of November. So, I'm hoping that is something he can stick with. Like I said, like I'm very laid back and I'm not like, do it now. Do you know what I mean? Like, shit happens. So, yeah, I, the audiobook is coming. He is working on it. Um, yeah. So I do have a male narrator for it. I know some people have a preference between female and male. I personally don't like female narrators only because a lot of them sound like newscasters with like that one tone nasally voice and I can't take it. Yeah. I was listening to a sample of one earlier today and it's like, where it sounded like she was reporting the news. I was like, yeah, it's kind of weird. I can do it. There are some good ones, but it's really hard to find them. So I was, this guy, he contacted me and I was like, all right. I, I My favorite like thing about male narr narrators is when they read a girl's part, like a girl's POV. And it's mm -hmm. like, it reminds me of Tina from um, Bob's Burger. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> it's just so funny. I don't know. But yeah, I, was, uh, I wanted to ask you about the audiobook because I'm a big audiobook listener. Like I can knock out a, a, like an audiobook in a day if it's like under eight hours because I work 10 hours. And I'm like, if I can pop it in and just listen to one, I'm, I am set. So, and I always is... listen to two speed. So it's like. <laughs> when it gets closer, I will let you know. Hopefully, I'm really hoping that he can do it by the end of this month. But yeah, I guess a, lot of good, a lot of good things are coming out like this, like these last two ones. So I'm very hyped about that. Um, buns. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that bu oh. yeah. <laughs> buns. Yeah. Uh, buns. So before I let you go, are you working on anything at the moment? I'm working on like a million things like I, it's uh okay so I'm working on we all fall down to get that out hopefully by the end of the month I'm also currently working on the second book which is called what remains of us JB helped me get that title because that is the one book that I just could not pull a title out so the first one is we all fall down the second one is what remains of us and the third one is probably going to be the last survivors so I have those um Whenever people start, see, I didn't put a like submission date for the stories for the journal. So whenever people start getting those in, I'll be working on that. I'm also mm -hmm. putting together a book of my own short stories um, because I have written 
a few between things. Like I don't want to start something big and then have to go back and put something away. So mm -hmm. I uh, am working on a book of my own short stories called Seams on the Outside. Mm -hmm. And yes, I think that's it. Yeah, but see, that's good. Staying busy. I, I love staying busy. It distracts me from like regular schmegler life. I'm telling you, like I, when I, like whenever I'm off, like I'm off today, tomorrow, and the next day. Uh, I just, so it's like I love that. I work 40 hours, four days. And then, then these next three days, I can be as creative as I want and do whatever I want to do. But I'm always busy. I always love staying busy. So I, I love that. I love your work ethic. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, I'm not editing anything for anybody right now. Not because I don't want to, but no one's given me anything. No one's given me anything. So I sometimes I think that I don't get taken seriously as an editor because I don't charge a lot. So people are like, how could this possibly be mm -hmm. worth it? Um, but whatever. Um, I'm always open to anyone that needs help. And... No one does. So I got nothing at it. Uh, JB, really quick. I have an interview after this, but if it wraps up, like by the time I think it's going to wrap up, I'm down to stop by and do some reading spins with you. No problem. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, are, so for the anthologies, are you charging on any of the authors who submit work? Nope. I feel like we should pay you. I feel like they should pay you. <laughs> you should get compensated for your work that's what i'm trying to say right i get it but like the reason why i wanted to do this is because i know how hard it is for people to get their name out there and i know how hard it is for people to get things published and i figured that this would be an easier way for people to you know get their name out there and yeah i'm i will be paying for you know the cover and i will be paying because i would send everyone that participates a book so i will be paying for all that however when people buy the book, that's when I'll get the money back for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, JB, I agree with you. But she's very stubborn and she won't let us pay her. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Is there any last thought you want to share with the world before I let you go? Not really. Go buy all of my books. <laughs> yeah, Mirror in the Attic, guys. Hey, you know what? Fuck it. Um, I'm going to post after this. I'm going to post a post oh my god fucking stupid <laughs> when it, <laughs> i'm gonna do a giveaway of the book guys a fucking paperback copy so go on um twitter jesus christ on someone twitter, needs a on nap <laughs> on yes on go on twitter guys okay uh jen we're gonna let you decide what is the gif or the gift that people have to post for them to win what does it have to be like your favorite blank your favorite horror monster. Oh, okay. So, guys, so first rule is you have to be in the USA. The US. Sorry, guys. You have to be in the US. Uh, and comment your favorite horror monster. Like, it's in the JIP form, guys. I'm not going to take words. Like, you need to have that, a little animated thing. If I don't see something moving, it doesn't count. <laughs> exactly. If I don't see it moving, it don't count. That bitch is it. Uh, so, and I'll announce the winner on Sunday. I'm going to give you guys a good chunk of time. If you're watching this, and you want a copy of Mirror in the Attic by Jen? Oh, geez, I'm going to nail it one of these times. <laughs> I never get it. It's so upsetting. Uh, yeah, do that on Twitter. But thank you so much, Jen, for joining us. Uh, where can my audience find you? I am on Twitter. Same name, Jen Berndini. I am also on Instagram. My shit is private, but if you send me a friend request, uh, you will. if you look like a hu human being, I will send it. You know, I'll accept it. Um, I also, Yeah, I get like the weirdest freaking shit on there. Um, 
I also have a website. It's Jennifer Bernardini and then hyphen author.com. And that's usually, I have links on there to Amazon. If you know, you don't want to search for my books. I have the link to the journal with the, you know, the rules and all that stuff on there too. So that's it. Nice. All right. Nice. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. I had a lot of fun. Remember that giveaway is on Twitter. It's going to be on there in like less than 30 minutes. So the faster, the better. <laughs> and I will pick a winner on Sunday. After It's going to be after Grant's interview. He's gonna, I think his is at 3 o'clock. i got to check that before I say anything. But yeah. All right. You guys have a nice day. Uh, thank you, Jen, for stopping by. I Thanks for having me. Don't forget to tune into Author Chatter tomorrow at, uh, what time would it be? I think it's 3 my time, right? It's 3 o'clock tomorrow? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. 3 is your time. 4 is our time, yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, make sure to tune in to see JB and Jen on Author Chatter at 3 p.m. Central Daylight Time tomorrow. All right, it's 4 p.m. Eastern, and it's four, yeah, it's 4 p.m. <laughs> Eastern. We just, just putting that in. I'll, I'll retweet it when they link it. All right, guys, you guys have a nice day. Bye. Bye. Let me, let me try to get it. There you go.